Revelation chapter 21. I would not be preaching this morning except I feel like the Lord has given me a word for this service and with the way God has moved already, I feel even more so. But I want to read and I will not be lengthy, but from the book of Revelation chapter 21, going to begin reading in verse number 1 down through verse number 8. Revelation 21 and verse 1. John writing said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice in heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he saith unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 8. Again, John said, And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. And everybody said, Amen. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about a vision of a better life. A vision of a better life. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The book of Revelation is one of those books that most people avoid in their Bible reading because it is so full of mystery and intrigue. There are much imagery and there's much about the book of Revelation that is difficult to decipher. Uh, many of the things that John saw are given to us in types and shadows and they represent an actual reality uh, a power, a government, a being, a beast that would be revealed in the end time. And John's revelation on the Isle of Patmos is one of the most amazing revelations that was ever given. 
And I love to read it, although I do not always grasp all that was revealed to John in each one of these verses. But what I have learned is that the experience of John on Patmos is not unlike many of our own life experiences. And by that I mean that when you look at John on Patmos, there are certain things that John endured that you and I endure. First of all, there was the issue of isolation. John was cut off from the rest of the Christian community, set in an island that was off by itself and was nothing but one giant rock that protruded out of the Mediterranean Sea. There, isolated from his friends and his family and for those that cared about him the most, John certainly knew what loneliness was and he certainly knew what it was to wonder what was going on. You and I have found ourselves at times in places where we felt isolated and cut off from any kind of visible help and any kind of physical contact. Sometimes life pushes us into situations where nobody can help us, where nobody can get their hands on our life. We are alone and we must live and deal with life as it is in that kind of setting. Certainly John was made to wonder at times what was going on. And perhaps, I don't know, perhaps there were even times that John, like you and I, would ask why. Why am I here? Why am I going through this situation? John was like us in that he had to carry burdens that he did not ask for. He was forced into a situation that was not of his choosing. And John was made to endure more than he bargained for. When John first laid his head on the breast of his Jesus and he fell in love with him, I dare say John did not envision this island alone in a sea. I don't believe that when John first felt the call and he first felt the impulse that drew him toward the master, I dare say he did not even imagine, nor could he see down the road. But here he is now on an island, enduring more than he bargained for. And how many here this morning are having to do just the same? You didn't ask for it, but it came anyway. You didn't want it, but it didn't ask whether you wanted it or not. It just came anyway. And you are enduring things this morning that you did not bargain for and you did not see in the picture of your life. Not only that, but John lived in and through situations that were very unpleasant. How many of you this morning are living in situations that are so difficult to deal with and so unpleasant 
to have to endure. You don't want to talk about it because it's too painful to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it because it's too embarrassing to talk about. You don't want to talk about it because in the back of your mind you're wondering, what did I do to get in this kind of situation? And so it was with John. John had to deal with those same feelings. And he had to live in and through situations that were very unpleasant. It was not a peach. It was not a cakewalk. It was not a cup of iced tea. It was a bitterness that he had to drink. But he drank it and he lived through and he lived to tell his story. But it was on this island and it was in these conditions of isolation and aloneness and uh, question and burden and unpleasantness that John saw something. It was here in this, in this isolated place that John had many visions of God and God showed him things that were going to come. His eyes were enlightened and he was able to look beyond his present circumstance and see something beyond that was better than where he was at the present moment. The revelations that were his were inspiring and they were also disturbing. When I began to study the book of Revelation, I found that there are 35 times that the word I saw are mentioned in the book of Revelation 35 times. John makes note of something that God showed him. There were things that disturbed him. There were beasts and vials of wrath. There were stars falling from the heaven. There was war and pestilence. And there was a dreaded beast and a dreaded enemy that would be loosed upon the earth. He saw seals that would be broken and they would be opened and plagues would come out and destroy a third of the earth. There would be in those visions, no doubt, much of what he saw that was hard to understand, hard to know what all it meant. Overwhelming to say the least, but that's what John saw. But what really inspired me yesterday afternoon as I began to pray about this service is that God showed him that, but that wasn't all God showed him. Ultimately, John saw one thing that sustained him above all of his troubles. John saw one thing that helped keep his head above the water while he wrestled with beasts and phantoms and, and he wrestled with plagues and, and aloneness and isolation when he wrestled with the disturbing feelings that were in his own mind and heart. There was one thing that John saw that sustained him through all of his Isle of Patmos experience and that was a vision of a better life. That when he comes to the end of the story, he said, what you have heard is not the whole story. There is yet something that you need to understand, John. And God showed him that there's going to be a better end to this than you could imagine. He saw that as bad as things were, and as bad as things might get, that there was more to the story than just that badness. And the things that were going to come were not all that was going to come. 
there was something better coming down the road. And so in Revelation 21, John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. After all the disturbing, after all the troubling, after all of the trial, after all of the burden, after all of the pressures, after all of the worries, God gave him a revelation that sustained him and kept him alive on an island that would have killed and crushed anyone else. But because he saw a vision of a better life, he saw a vision of a better end to this story, he said, I can live through this little bit of hell because God's got a heaven waiting on me just ahead. I can live through a little misery right now because God has something better just ahead of me. You know what you and I need this morning? We need a vision, a new vision, a vision of a better life. What are you looking at this morning and what do you see? What are you looking for? You see, our vision affects our life. And what we see affects how we live and how we interpret life. I'm asking you this morning, do all you see is trouble and trial and burden and oppression? Do all you see is an economic downturn and a presidency that is in question? Do all you see are the troubles of this world and the troubles of this life? If that's all you see, my friend, no wonder you're disturbed today and no wonder you're depressed. But I want to tell you, I saw something yesterday. I saw something beyond that. I saw a vision of a better life that no matter how bad it is right now, this is not how the story is going to end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, give us a new vision, a new look at life, a new glimpse of your glory, a new glimpse of your power, eyes that can see beyond the temporary and see that which God has promised A vision of a better life. Listen to me carefully. A vision of a better life does not mean that you are blind to the present situation. You're not ignorant of what's going on right now. You are not ignorant of what is wrong right now. You just understand that what's wrong right now is not the whole story. There's something beyond and something more than this. I don't care what your boss told you this week. That's not the end of the story if you're a child of God. I don't care you what the doctor told you this week. I don't care what the lawyer told you this week. I've come to tell you that God still has a say in my life and I'm holding out for something better. I said, I'm holding on to something beyond the present misery and pain. Hallelujah. I'm not ignorant of what's going on. I'm not blind to the fact that everything around us is negative. But you can see a lot of bad. But that's not all there is to life. You decide what you're going to focus on. And what I have seen in Revelation is that after he got through all of that stuff, all of that mystery, all of the plagues and the vials and the wrath and the beast and all of the things that Satan was unleashed to do, he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Hallelujah. 
I saw a better life. I saw a vision of something beyond this temporary situation. You see, a vision of a better life doesn't mean that you will have a perfect sailing in the present moment. It just means that whatever it is that you're going through, you're going to get through it if you'll hang on and stay in tune with God. He'll see you through it all and He will get you through to the other side. And somebody said, Amen. This is what the Lord spoke to me early this morning. He said, the key to what you see in your Isle of Patmos is determined by what spirit you operate under. The Bible said in the first chapter of John, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Capital S. I was in... The Spirit on the Lord's day. The only way that John could decipher all of that that God showed him was to have a spiritual experience that would help him navigate through all that and help him come to some kind of understanding. The problem with far too many of us is that we are operating under a Spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. There are a lot of people that are operating under the spirit of fear. And there are many that are operating under an evil spirit. A wicked spirit. That's what motivates them. That's what drives them. That's why they come to church. They don't come to church to be blessed or be touched. They just come to see or to be seen. They come under the influence of a wrong kind of spirit. And the end of that spirit is not good. It's not wholesome. And it's not beneficial. What I decided is that I want to be under the right spirit. And I can allow my mind to be inundated with all that comes to me. I can handle it when I'm under the right kind of spirit. When I have the right hand upon my life. When God is working with me and God is working through me. I can make it through whatever the Lord would choose to send me through. My question to you this morning is, what kind of spirit are you operating under this morning? Amen. If you're operating under a spirit of fear, most likely what you see of the future isn't too good. You don't see any way out. You don't see any way through. You don't see any change. You don't see any hope. You don't see any future. If you're operating under the spirit of evil or wickedness, all that you see is wicked and evil. You interpret everything in that way. You, you view everything under that jaundice view. You relate to things in that way. And if that's the way that you live, then your life is going to be representative of that same spirit that you live under. My friend, today I have a choice under what spirit I operate. And I want to be like John, I want to be in the Spirit on the Lord's day and every other day because that's the only thing that will help you get through the mess that you're going through right now. And that's the only answer to the problems that you find in your life right now. Amen. The Spirit of the living God. God helped John through his Patmos experience. And God wants to help some of us through ours as well. And this is what God showed him. God showed John that you can get to the good.
But sometimes you have to live through the bad to get there. Amen. Did you hear what I just said? God showed John that to get to the good, sometimes you have to live through some bad. But because John saw a new Jerusalem, because John saw a new heaven and a new earth, because John saw, listen to what he said, Revelation 22 and 8. He said, these things that I saw made me fall down and worship because I realized that the beast didn't have the last say and the vials of wrath were not the last say and all of the disruption of the earth was not the last say and economic downturns were not the last say and the presidency is not the last say and the Congress is not the last say and the money market's not the last say. God! said I am going to wrap all of this up and that's what I want to remember I may have to live through some bad stuff but if I'll hang on the good is on its way God's promises are still ahead of me they're not behind me hallelujah somebody ought to clap hallelujah God revealed to John that it may get worse before it gets better. But it is going to get better. Hallelujah. Did you hear me? I said it may get worse before it gets better, but it is going to get better. When you know that, you can live through a little bit of hell. When you, when you know that, you, you, when, when you see that, when you have a vision of that, when you realize that there is a better life, that God has a promise beyond your predicament, yeah, you can live through it. You can go through some difficult times, and it may get worse before it gets better, but it's going to get better. I come to prophesy over somebody this morning and speak a word from God. What you see right now is not the end of the story. Amen. God helped John to see and realize that he was in a temporary situation, not a permanent dwelling. And when you're in a temporary situation, don't make a permanently stupid decision over a temporary issue. This is going to pass. This is going to pass. Say it. This too shall pass. This is going to pass. If you'll stay true to God and you'll stay under the influence of the Holy Ghost and you'll let God direct your life, God will show you a new Jerusalem. He'll show you that there's something more ahead. And God will help you understand that what you're in right now is just temporary. You need to say it over your situation right now. You know what? This is just temporary. Amen. This is not permanent. The only way it becomes permanent if you fall down and die there. But if you'll keep walking and you'll keep reaching and you'll keep believing and you'll keep looking, God will show you something beyond the temporary. Amen. And God lastly showed John that he has a permanent situation for your temporary problem. A new heaven and a new earth. And in that new heaven and new earth, there are no tears, no sorrows, no pain, no suffering, none of those things. 
You say, great, Brother Hughes, that's good. I'm reaching for that, but I need something right now. Let me tell you, God can make it better right now. What I'm talking about is not a heaven to come. I'm talking about being able to live in a heavenly atmosphere right now where your enemy cannot even get to you because God's got a protection around you. What did David say? He has prepared a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Yeah. He has provided for me a substance right in the presence and my enemy can't do anything about it. All they can do is just look and wish and wish and look. The Bible speaks of him hiding me in his pavilion. The Bible speaks often of us having a hiding place, of us having that point of contact with him where he shelters us and he protects us and he keeps us. I still believe that God has a way of overshadowing his people so that the enemy cannot see you. He cannot hear you. He doesn't know where you are. Now some of you don't ever think about that, but the reality is God has a place where you can come and you can hide and even your enemy can't get to you. He can't get into where you are because you're hidden in Christ. Your life is hidden in Christ. What does that mean? That means try as much as the devil can. He cannot pry you out of the hand of God. Amen. Folks, God has a permanent solution to your temporary problem. You need to hang on to that. You need to keep your faith alive. You need to hold on to a better day that's coming. In order for that kind of vision to come, you're going to have to have some kind of spiritual encounter like John had. You'll never see a better day looking only through eyes of flesh. You're going to have to get in the spirit. Amen. You're going to have to have a spiritual encounter. And if you cannot see a better day ahead right now, then you need to get on your knees and you need to stay there until it comes. Because God has a better vision for you and your future. You need to realize that your life doesn't have to end in tragedy nor a tragedy. It doesn't have to end in misery. A vision of a new life, a vision of a better life can change all of that. Do you know what? John didn't die on Patmos. He lived beyond Patmos. He survived, he went back, and he finished his life out in a free man state, not as a slave or a prisoner. Why? Because he caught a vision of a better life. Amen. And it sustained him and it kept him through all of the stuff that God showed him that was coming in life. And so it is with us. God sent me this morning to tell somebody what you really need is a fresh vision. You need your eyes to be touched by the Holy Ghost. You need the Spirit of God to come over you. Not just come to you, but come over you. To indwell you, to saturate your being, your mind, your thoughts. So that they are so wrapped up in Him that whatever life shows you, you see beyond that and realize that God has a word about my future. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Amen.